How's it going, everybody? Brian Elverson, Dave Meltzer here, Wrestling Observer Radio, May 12, 2022, figure4online.com slash observer.com. we got a lot of news to get into here today, including AEW and NXT. We'll get into that in a little while, but first off, Dave, what is going on with Kota Ibushi? He's trying to get himself out of New Japan, it sounds like. Um, you know, he's having issues with management. He's made a lot of claims. Um, he's not been fired. He hasn't quit. So it's still up in the air. Ghetto is trying to save the deal. And uh, it's still going on. It's in flux. He's been tweeting like crazy. And uh, yeah, not a not a good deal as far as uh, New Japan goes. Claims harassment because he's not a New Japan original and he's even claiming sexual harassment that there's sexual harassment involved and um so he said a lot of things and uh as far as what's going to end up happening um it's going to be very difficult for him to stay in the company he believes that based on what he said that uh that he's gonna not be in the company but they have not released him from his contract as far as we know he's not been fired but if it happens tomorrow, it wouldn't surprise me either. Well, I don't know what else to add to it other than uh, he is tweeting like crazy. There's a lot of uh, translations out there about what he has said, but uh, I guess at the end of the day, the crux of the matter is he's he's upset. A lot of different things, including uh, the age-old work when you're hurt. Uh, they've asked him to come back many times when he was injured. He doesn't want to come back. And uh, I don't know what the catalyst for all of this was, but that was definitely part of it. Yeah, well, they, well, they had announced him for the New Japan Cup, and he felt he wasn't close to ready at the time. And in fact, still not close to ready. Uh, he's said that he right now can bench press about 90 pounds when he used to be able to do about 310. And he doesn't want to come back until his shoulder is ready. He also did not get shoulder surgery when he was advised to get shoulder surgery because he's already had shoulder surgery. So he didn't want to do it again. And that's, you know, may have made the recovery tougher in some ways. So uh, that's another issue. Um, but, yeah, they wanted him. They wanted him back and he won't come back. And uh, he was announced like in that tournament uh and he felt long before he was ready to return and so that's that's the situation with him right now you know the shoulder injury that happened in the middle of the match with okada in the g1 finals in october when he did a um phoenix splash i think and landed right on his shoulder and and they had stopped the match you know they couldn't even continue the match it was damaged so bad so um, and this will play out over the next couple of days, but it, uh, you know, there's a very good chance that he may be done with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if that's the case, then the question becomes what happens next? And that becomes a very tricky question, too, because um, some people will say, you know, AEW, but he really doesn't want to move from Japan. Um, and then the other thing is, is that uh, AEW and New Japan are business partners right now. Uh, so that becomes, that makes it a little bit tricky as well. What's up with the Roman Reigns? Um, so, um, you know, basically Roman Reigns is, is not going to be on every pay-per-view. He's off the Chicago show, um, which is the next pay-per-view on June 5th. Um, he will be doing pay-per-views this summer. He will be doing some, t even though he was removed from all the advertising from for in 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 uh after june 24th i believe it is he will yeah june 24th in austin he's he's and but he's been removed from all advertising from house shows tvs everything except for the two stadium shows but um he will do tvs to build up those shows so um it's not like he's not going to be on tv but he's not you know, he's not going to be doing a lot of dates. And from what I understand, the shows he will be on eventually, probably sooner than later, um, they'll they'll start and they'll start advertising him. Um, so the dates will be known. It's not like it's going to be like they're going to put him on TV without advertising him. But um, 
that's the basic situation. But yeah, he's... So we've got a situation where they unified both world titles, and now we have a champion that's not going to be around much. Yeah, he's going to have... I think it's gonna. he's going to be on more shows than Lesnar, but not appreciably more. Yeah, but even with the Lesnar situation, he, for a while, had one title, but they did have another champion. Yeah. This is, we have no champion now, unless you count like the U.S. and Intercontinental Championships, which I don't think you should count. Yeah, no singles champ. No, on the, on the, um, on the, yeah, and he, um, when he was in, uh, in, in, in the pay-per-view, he said after the pay-per-view that this may be the last, the last time he does a six-man tag with the Usos. So he's not planning on, you know, anything like that. I mean, there are, um, the next championship match will be July the 2nd. So they have all these house shows with no champion. You know, before, and I think I think one of the things that happened was when the first night of WrestleMania did so well. I mean, essentially did the same as the second night. And the thought always was that, you know, you would need champions to defend on both nights or you could not have a WrestleMania. And they did a very successful show on the Saturday night with... No men's titles. They had two women's title matches, but no men's title match. It kind of was like, well, you know, um, we don't need it as much as we thought we did. So there's that. The other thing is, is that, um, you know, the, the, you know, that, that, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And the other one is, is that, uh, you know, they've got, they're doing, you know, the pay-per-view money's guaranteed. Um, so, it's like if you need a championship match for a pay-per-view to draw on pay-per-view, it doesn't really matter because that money's guaranteed anyway. All they have to do is put on a show and, you know, people will watch the show for free or they won't, you know, um, whatever the situation is. But without, you know, without a big money cost for the show, the barrier to entry is much, much lower. So, you know, it's like people will watch if it's convenient and that is determined you know yeah if you have a big title match of course that should help but in you know nowadays you know the the viewing audience of wrestling is really not i mean on a on a pay-per-view show a real pay-per-view show where you have to pay 50 bucks or you know like something like that yes the matches make probably a pretty big difference as to what as to you know like as far as how many people are going to buy and things like that but when it comes to television and when it comes to uh, what WWE does, premium live events that that essentially people will watch for free or for five dollars, depending on your cable company. Um, you know, it's really a lot more, de- you know, determined by what else is going on in the world. You know, like if there's competing events, then less people will buy. It's not really the attraction of your show. It's it's just and so, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll put on a show and people will watch. Or, you know, they won't watch based on other things, but it's not like, oh, you know, like uh, if we put on like Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley and people have been waiting for it and everything like that, is it really, you know, when we do a good buildup, is it going to make any difference in WWE's money? Mm. You know, sell maybe a few tickets, but not that many extra tickets. You know, it might sell a few, but it's not appreciably no. It's just a different era, so... They can get away with not having a champion. It's not as important as it was in the past, uh, but it's still a weird one that you you know unify a title and then you have a guy not on pay per views. It's it is very strange to do it that way. And I don't know what they're going to do for Chicago. I guess they're just going to do um, the Hell in a Cell match, right? With with um, I don't know who would be in it. Um, I mean, or maybe there'll be multiple ones. Maybe that's uh, where Seth and Cody come in in Hell in a Cell. Um, is there anybody else? I mean, I guess, you know, you look at that SmackDown roster and you take Roman Reigns out of the mix. I mean, I don't even know what you do at house shows. You know, like if you have a a two, a, a, a weekend where you'd have, where you have two house shows tonight instead of one, um, what do you really have? I mean, like even, even like with the, um, that the, the the singular house shows where you can use guys from both brands i mean the the top match that they're advertising now for the house shows that w- once rain stops going on house shows is seth and and cody you know so uh yeah it's not a not a ton of depth i mean on the smackdown side 
I mean, the number one champion would be Ricochet, I suppose, but the star is Drew, but then who would Drew wrestle? Sheamus? Um, Corbin? I mean, it's it's not a lot of depth. NXT Touring. Yeah, we've been talking about this for months and months and months that they and and obviously it's needed and in fact there has been there have been talks um and it's not official official but they're probably going to start touring um relatively soon. Um of course I heard that last year there was a time where it was like it's it's about to happen and they didn't they didn't pull the trigger. But it's back into the talking stage and serious talking and there's like I said nothing official but uh the belief is that they will be touring. I can't Im- imagine with this crew that they would tour yeah. nationally. I think it's probably just the Florida shows, but that's what you know. That's what I was talking about before. It's like just run a couple of Florida shows, give these people some ring time, like get them to learn how to wrestle in front of in a non television in non television format and things like that. And you know, it's like in those Florida arenas, you know, they're only going to draw two or three hundred. Anyway, that's the size of the buildings that they were using before. And, you know, I'm sure that if you're doing something like this, you can draw two or 300 people. It's not like we're going to Milwaukee and we got to draw a thousand people. That might be difficult with this crew, but drawing 200 or 300 people in, in, you know, these small Florida places and maybe you won't, you know, well, you know, you'll draw 200, you know, maybe you won't draw 400 or, you know, but you can, whatever it is, they'll be, and again, what's the difference financially? It's not It's not any kind of a big outlay or anything like that. It's just something that they need to do, and and looks like they'll be doing it soon. But, you know, I mean, often they'll they'll say that, and then, you know, you know then it doesn't, you know, sometimes, sometimes things, move, things move very slowly there. Tony Khan announced that, in fact, he has created Trio's titles, as had been reported. For a while now, he's had them. As well as other belts, they're all top I secret. Need, I don't know what we need with other championships. Well, he's there's got already him. there's already there's already there's already a plethora. I think I kind of thirteen at one point. Well, they're they're in the bag for the future, and also another Arthur Ashe Stadium coming up this year in so, a couple months. Yeah, um, they announced it at the show tonight. He said that he'll see everyone in hopefully in a couple months at Arthur Ashe Stadium. So uh, that looks to be. The next New York show that they're going to do, so they better have a big one. I mean, the first time they drew so well because it was the first time in the market. Um, you know, obviously the Danielson Omega match probably helped with late sales as, as much as almost any match could. But you know, even before that, they they had a big, big, big advance. Um, I think going back, just the nature of the first show and it being like something special. I'm sure that they will do, I don't say I'm sure of anything, but I think that they will do well. They did well tonight, um, you know, for the UBS arena. It's the second time in the arena, um, you know, but it would be nowhere close to full, to filling up Arthur Ashe Stadium, what they did tonight. It wouldn't even, it would be, um, you know, about half or, I mean, half of what they were originally going to do. You know, originally... Originally for Arthur Ashe Stadium, the goal was sixteen thousand, and they end up with with over twenty. Um, you know, it's gonna you know um, unless they go there with a pay per view, which I think would do very very well and probably sell out um, if they did a pay per view there um, for a Wednesday show. Uh, it's a big place, you know. They don't, um, you know, most of the time on these Wednesday shows, you know the. You know, I mean, New York market's bigger and everything, but it's, you know, um, I don't think that they can, I mean, we'll see. Maybe they can, but I don't think they can, you know, pack that stadium for a Wednesday show, even even a loaded Wednesday show. They went in there for a, a Saturday show with a big pay-per-view. I think they would for sure. Um, and as far as the pay-per-view goes, he would not, you know, he did an interview with TSN, um, which is their television partner in Canada. Which still doesn't air Rampage, even though um, Dynamite, uh, you know, it's it's up and down, but Dynamite's generally doing pretty good. It beats SmackDown in the key demo there. Um, sometimes beats Raw. This week will be Raw for sure. 
um, or almost for sure, because you never know with TV ratings, but probably because Raw's on, you know, Raw's not in its regular time slot uh, because of, uh, you know, all the sports playoffs and everything. But um, when uh, he did the interview there, you know, he brought up, um, you know, he was asked about Chicago in September for All Out. And, you know, he mentioned that it's a tradition and everything, but he would not confirm. Um, you know, he talked about the idea that it may not be in Chicago. It's not like he, you know, he didn't say anything. I mean, he, he said it may not be in Chicago, um, but didn't say outright it would not be in Chicago. Tammy Sitchin, Bill DeMott. Yeah, it's kind of an ugly situation. So, you know, Bill DeMott, you know, um, whose daughter died at the hands of a drunk driver who had, who was also like Tammy Sitch, someone who should not have been allowed to drive, should not have been on the road, had priors. Um, so it's a very sore subject, as you can imagine, with Bill DeMott. In fact, Bill DeMott um, started a foundation named after his daughter. Uh, the goal is to keep people who are repeat offenders of drunk driving in jail, off the, off the, um, you know, off the highways so they cannot, um, drive drunk again. And so the Tammy Sitch thing hit pretty close with him. And he said that he believes that she should be, uh, removed from the WWE Hall of Fame, which is a tough situation because once you remove her, then you got to ask, what about Jimmy Snuka, you know, um, and, and then, you know, it's, it's, then what about other people, you know, and what, what, what's the dividing line? I mean, in the sense of if you have to kill someone, you know, inadvertently or inadvertently or whatever, you know, then, okay. But then what about Jimmy Snuka? Um, and, you know, WWE has not done that. Um, I mean, if they do, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone will complain if they did. I don't think it'd be a big issue, but, but they haven't done it. Um, and then, uh, Tammy, uh, shot back at Bill. You know, I mean, she really, I'd say that she really needs to be quiet, but I guess that doesn't exist. And she, you know, said that, uh, you know, he, um, you know, basically as a remark of, you know, you know, I, I could say they should kick you out of the Hall of Fame, but you're not in the Hall of Fame. And that's just not, you know, and then talked about alleging like he's, you know, harassed people and things like that when he was uh, the head trainer of WWE. And um, it's not the week to be doing that for her, but she did. And to make fun of him not being in the Hall of Fame, you know, it's really not the week to be doing that for her, but she did. And, uh, it's you know it's a it's a horrible situation anyway and, to, and friday um they're gonna have the hearing on friday on whether she is uh um her parole is revoked and she's put back in in uh in jail you know so um even though she already bonded out uh the prosecution in florida uh feels that um she's a threat to society because there's nothing stopping her from, you know, driving without a license. And her blood alcohol count was 0.28, which is ridiculously high. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that hearing is going to be Friday morning. All right, take us through these ratings. Okay, so um, let me go here. So... Um, you know, uh, Raw and Dynamite were really, you know, they were beaten by the NBA playoffs. There were some NHL games. Um, Raw was also behind 90 Day Fiance, which is, which along with Raw are usually the, the number one or number two non-NBA uh, playoffs or, you know, you know, Monday Night Football season or something like that. But the leading entertainment shows on cable you know or you know big, if there's a big news night or something like that but generally your, your two biggest ones would be raw and 90 day fiance and um 90 day fiance was not hurt nearly as much as a women's oriented show by all the sports that are going on right now in nba and nhl playoffs whereas raw as a um, you know more male oriented show you know 60 to 65 percent males um it's going to be hurt more by um 
by sports, so it was it was behind. Um, Sunday night baseball actually beat Raw this week, um, and one of the NFL, one of the NHL playoff games, and there was also a NASCAR that beat it as far as total viewers. Um, but I believe, uh, uh, was that? Let me think. Um, in um, I'm not sure if the uh, in 1849, I believe that they beat the NASCAR number, um, but could be wrong. But uh, yeah, so aside from aside from sports, uh, the top shows on cable for last week: number one was 90 Day Fiance, number two was Raw, number three was Dynamite. Uh, but there were other sports, like I said, baseball and NHL, not just the NBA, that that beat both. Um, Young Rock, uh, 1,884,000 viewers and an 0.38. So it was well up in 18 to 49 from last week, but well down in viewers. Um, So that was the deal. It was fourth in 18 to 49 and ninth in viewers out of 12 primetime shows uh, last night. Uh, WWE Evil, the last episode of this season, and they're going to do a second season, most likely, uh, which was on The Miz, did 229,000 viewers and an 0.04, and that's in prime, that's a primetime number. 0.04 is a terrible number, really, 18th in the time slot, um, and uh, it is the lowest of, it was the lowest of the season in both viewers in 18 to 49. Uh, so, uh, the biggest number was Roman Reigns. The smallest number was The Miz. The bottom three were Hogan, Sasha Banks, and The Miz. The top three were Flair, Undertaker, and Kane. Or, or, or Reigns, Flair, and Undertaker, and Kane. So, for those keeping track of that. Um, NXT did its worst number ever on USA, as far as being in its regular time slot. Uh, even though, you know, um, had a lot of competition, you know, there was it went head to head with uh, uh, one NBA game, and there was NHL on both ESPN and ESPN two, but um, so it did five hundred and thirty three thousand viewers, and an zero point one zero in eighteen forty nine and an zero point zero four in eighteen thirty four. That is, I believe, the lowest eighteen thirty four number. And it is the lowest 18 to 49 number and is the lowest total viewer number that they've done on USA. They're the show that they did on sci-fi did do worse. Um, so, um, you know, that deal as far as like when this thing is uh, going to start drawing those younger viewers. Well, draw, drew the fewest of them at all. Of all. This was a show where they, I mean, it was heavy, heavy, heavy women you know trying to every push match the, yeah trying to push the women um you know pushing that they're young you know they gave ages which is they, which is like something WWE has never done before um and then pushed it in that tournament getting new women on there and uh you know we've been saying for months waiting for this thing to pay off and i don't know if it ever will but it certainly has not yet and then Raw, Raw actually did well. Uh, 1,652,000 viewers and 0.44. When you consider the competition, um, that wasn't too bad at all. I mean, they had uh, they had some big games. They had uh, the Warriors and Grizzlies game, um, which did a 1.70. And then the Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks game did a 1.69. So, I mean, plus, um, and that's the, the only stuff that beat Raw was the the two NBA games and then the um, post-game show. Uh, they had NHL playoffs, um, the, you know, which did uh, the Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins did 0.31 against them. Uh, Colorado Rockies and Nashville Predators did 0.22. Florida Washington did 0.21. Calgary and uh, Dallas did 0.20 so they beat all the nhl games they held up they actually grew 16 percent from the week before 18 to 49 against tougher nba competition and 
tougher NHL competition as well. So, you you know, for whatever it was, it was a pay-per-view bump. The third hour did not go down much at all. So the strategy of pushing Theory and Cody Rhodes for 10 p.m., I don't have the quarters, so I don't know. I can't say that 100%, but it's certainly based on what we've seen. Looks like that worked, which means that if it did, we will be getting them pushing shows at a certain time. Um, we'll be getting that uh, probably more regularly. In fact, um, the last, um, over the the last uh is it two hours the last hour beat everything on television except for the nba head-to-head um beat all the networks um because fox doesn't program from 10 to 11 so the last hour beat everything the 9 to 10 hour beat cbs abc and nbc but did lose to fox so um you know when you're on cable and you're beating network shows you know, a network show that's considered good. You're beating all the network shows uh, in a time slot and you're on cable and you're not even number one on cable. You're number two on cable. That's overall pretty impressive. So, I mean, the whole gist of the deal is, is that, uh, you know, um, the number was good. Um, the, it did not start, you know, there, you know, there may be something to the day after the pay-per-view, and there was. There's something to that, too. But the interesting thing is that the, it was the second hour that was the highest, not the first hour. And, um, in fact, in 1849, the first hour was the lowest. So, um, yep. So, overall, um, overall, Raw did, did well by modern standards, you know, and certainly compared to the week before, way up with the teenagers, Way up in 18 to 34, up in 35 to 49, but not way up. And it was down in over 50, yet viewers were up, which is very unusual because usually how the uh, over 50 number is is the one that really is going to determine if your viewers are up and down. But they did so much better under 50 with younger viewers this week. So, uh, you know, I mean, overall, a good sign for Raw. Um you know, I mean, it's not a great number by normal standards, but you're not going to get a great number right now. The competition's too tough. All right, uh, UFC buy rate for this past Saturday. Yes, yeah, so four hundred thousand in the United States, which is um, okay. I mean, it's not. I guess when you look at that card, you know that so if it's four hundred thousand in the United States, probably about five hundred thousand worldwide, most likely. So um, with that card. It's about that's that's decent, you know, decently good even, um, you know. It, again, you know, um, I mean, Gaethje's kind of a draw, uh, but not big. Oliveira's not a big draw, um, you know. Esparza and Rose, you know, they're not going to be big draws. So overall, uh, you know, uh, overall, I'd say pretty good, pretty good. All right, we got uh, two shows to talk about here today, AW and NXT 2.0. And uh, wrestling-wise, I would say that AW's show was far superior. Yeah, we'll get no to, kidding. Uh, NXT here in a while. Yeah, but uh, Jeff Hardy and um, God. Dar- Darby Allen were really attempting to break their backs. They were trying to kill each other, yeah. I mean, they were to kill themselves. Themselves. They were trying to kill the yes, other ones. Yes, You know, they well, were trying Well, I mean, they were, Darby wasn't trying to kill Jeff Hardy, but when he did that uh, senton off the ladder and fell like 12 feet and landed on Jeff, who then fell onto a stack of chairs, God, brutal. But we'll get they to that were, They were... Um, I, I don't know, man. That was, uh, you know, and they, you know, again, in the the winter, you know, had to go on for a match next week, too. So it wasn't like, I don't know, man. They were, uh, and Jeff Hardy just looks, he looks like he is hurting so bad. I mean, it's like he cannot, you know, I mean, in WWE, they didn't let him do these things. Um, of course, they didn't do anything with him, but they didn't let him do these things. In AEW, it's like he's getting back to do what he wants. But, man, you know, like most guys, when they're, you know, like that that are daredevils when they're young, they kind of adapt their style. 
and they don't, you know, they tone down when they get to be a certain age. And with Jeff, it's like he's all banged up anyway, and and he's determined not to tone down. So you get what you get. And Darby, you know, he's whatever, you know, I mean, I, he's going to be a hurting guy, and he knows it. I mean, you know, he'll, if you bring it up, he'll, you know, tell you that he's not going to last long in this business, and, you know, he's made that judgment. But my God, I mean, I was watching this, and it's like, you know, there's, Sometimes I get like a little bit um, or a lot worried about certain guys doing things and things like this, but this was beyond. It was just like, geez, it's a great match. It really was, but, but, geez, I mean, um, some of the stuff, and they don't even, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's not like it looks bad, but it's really safe. I mean, that's not safe at all. You know, that, that um, um, you know, he did the coffin drop on the apron, which he's done many, many times, and I would, was not surprised to see that one. But the one that, um, the one where uh, Jeff did the swanton on the ring steps, you know, Jeff's in his 40s doing stuff like that. And then that bump, the craziest one, of course, was when Darby came off the ladder with that move onto Jeff onto those chairs. I was like, and Jeff's trying to catch him. And he did, like... It didn't, it's it's like he, he touched him, but it didn't feel like he broke his fall at all. It's like Darby came off the top of a ladder to a bunch of chairs on the floor and like hit the chairs back first. Well, the show opened up with a less violent match. It was Adam Cole, Dax Harwood. It was great. And they got about 15 minutes. And the story of the match is Dax goes for something and he misses, and he slides ribs first into the ring post. And from that point forward, they're doing the whole match, but he's selling the ribs, selling the ribs. One point, he gets knocked outside and teases, not making it back in. And That was a really good you know, fake count-out spot. At about that- seven, he's almost in, but then he falls down and he grabs his ribs and uh, finally made it back in. Crowd pop big for it, too. Yeah. And then uh, he had tried a sharpshooter earlier, but then the ribs were hurting so bad he couldn't uh, he couldn't hold the uh, sharpshooter. And then finally he gets back inside, and Cole puts him in the sharpshooter. And Martha Hart, the whole family's there. The fans are furious at Adam Cole putting a sharpshooter on Dax. And Dax tries to get the ropes, but his ribs are too injured, and so he taps out. And so Adam Cole moves on. And he will be facing Jeff Hardy, as it turns out, in the semifinals. This match was great. Great match, yeah. Yeah, that'll be next week. Um, yeah, so I, I wonder if like, Martha Hart's going to be at like every show the next the next couple weeks. But she was in New York. First time, as far as I know, that she's been to an AEW show. We had Hangman Page coming out for commentary. CM Punk versus John Silver. Of course, it's John Silver's hometown. Punk comes out in a... John Tavares Jersey, who apparently had abandoned Long Island, so the well, he fans. Was the, he, okay, so so he was the captain of of the Islanders, and who play you know in, in in Long Island, and he went to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and so like the announcers never really pointed that. Well, they didn't point this out at all, and and you know Excalibur knows everything about wrestling, but he obviously doesn't know everything about hockey. And he thought, like, he was wearing an Islanders jersey to get cheered. Actually, he did know because later, he didn't mention it here. Later. But later, later MJF came out, and he's getting, he's doing all the pandering babyface pop, and and, uh, and Excalibur said, uh, this guy would leave for the, uh, where'd he go? Toronto Maple Leafs. He, this guy would leave for the Maple Leafs if they office. Well, he made some sort of comment like yeah, that. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, actually he, a great line. Yeah, he said it later, but but it was pretty clear when he was doing it the first time that he didn't know. Uh, he was probably told, you know, like during a break, this is why he wore the jersey and blah, blah, blah. Because it wasn't explained, and Punk got booed out of the building, you know, by design. Um, because he just decided that he was going to play heel in, you know, because when he came out at first, everybody cheered him. You know, everybody cheered him. And he just decided, you know, come out in the jersey, and they... You know, when they see him in the jersey, they cheered him until they saw it was a Tavares jersey, and then they booed him a lot. And I guess, he, you know, that was his call was, you know, 
His call was to play heel. His his gimmick is, is apparently that uh, he's a babyface everywhere except for New York City, I guess. So um, him and Silver had a good match too. But but yep. yeah, they they um they booed Punk out of the building, and Silver became the de facto babyface. And he wasn't going to get booed anyway because he is from Long Island. But but it wasn't like those people were were booing Punk first or were going to boo him at all. You know, um, had he not you know gone out there with that jersey well they had a good match and then punk ends up on the apron and he grabs the top rope and he stood there for a while to get ready for this spot and in fact he pulled off the buckshot lariat and he pinned john silver with the buckshot and adam page is on commentary and he's just furious this guy stole his move and he storms down to the ring and they go face to face and they're they're all in each other's face and then punk says listen i know that you uh i heard your interview last week Seems like you're mad. You're taking this personally, and he says, "I'm not taking that. Uh, I'm not taking this title match personally. It's just business." And he said he looked in the mirror and asked himself, "Is he a good guy?" He used to always ask himself that. Today he woke up and he asked himself, "Are you the champ?" And he answered, "Yes." And he says he's going to do to Page what he did to Silver. And uh, one way or the other, when the match was over, he says that Adam Page is going to shake his hand. And so he offered his hand. Page flipped him off, left. And that's your build for the pay-per-view. It's a good segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 pretty good. Overall, very, you know, this this show had a lot of different twists and a lot of different types of things, and uh, most of them worked. We had uh, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Rebel backstage talking about the tournament. Britt's not happy she has to wrestle the Joker. And then it's brought up, you know, if you and uh, Jamie Hayter both win, you're going to face each other in the semifinals. And Britt pauses and goes, we don't need to talk about that right now. And uh, and off they went. But we don't have to worry about that because Jamie Hayter did not win. Yeah, she she basically said that the uh, best one would win and basically was winking with the idea that, uh, you know, that Rebel and, and her were going to, would would have beaten Jamie Hayter if that happened. But, you know, Britt, if she wins, will face Tony Storm in the next round. Tony Nese comes out for his match with Danhausen, and Danhausen gets in the ring and he decides he's going to try to curse Tony Nese, but then Mark Sterling jumps up on the apron. He distracts Danhausen, and uh, Nice hits a uh, running knee in the corner and pins him in like thirty seconds. Yeah, I presume that uh, you know Danhausen's still not one hundred percent from his leg, but uh, they are going to be doing a tag match here coming up because yeah, uh, Sterling made fun of uh, Danhausen. He told Nice to hit him with another knee. And finally, Hook's music plays. He comes down to the ring, clears the ring, and then Danhausen offers a handshake, and Hook accepts. Big pop for that. So it looks like uh, Tony Nese and Mark Sterling versus Danhausen and Hook. Yep. And that's going to be on the pre-show in Vegas on the 29th. So they'll be in the, buy- the buy-in segment of the show the first hour. So as noted, we have the MGF Wardlow contract signing. And MGF comes out and... He's just kissing these fans' ass, and they're cheering him, and they got the scarves on, and he's a huge baby face. They've got a, a parody video for Dark Side of the Ring to recap the feud between MGF and Wardlow, which was awesome. And he gets in the ring, and Wardlow's in there, and he's handcuffed, and, and MGF does the whole babyface promo to the town, and... Finally, he says, you know, we're going to let uh, we're gonna let Wardlow say some words here. But what I don't want you fans to do, no matter what happens, do not boo him as loudly as possible when he tries to talk. So, of course, Wardlow picks up the well, mic. And they, he's, 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 he's like winking the whole time while he's saying Of this. course. So Wardlow picks up the mic, and they boo, and they boo, and they boo, and Wardlow doesn't even bother. Wardlow's facials are just fantastic. This guy is so great. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there. And MJF finally says, all right, here's the conditions. He says, in order to face me at double or nothing, first you will have to be whipped ten times. Yep, so that's next week's show. With a belt, yeah. And then you will have to wrestle Sean Spears in a steel cage match. And Warlow's so happy at being able to wrestle Sean Spears in a cage. But then MJF announces, I will be the special guest referee. And also he has to win. And the other thing is, is uh, and then... MJF made fun of the fact that Wardlow is 0-2 in cage matches Yes, in, in AEW. 
So he says, if you get this match with me at the pay-per-view, there is also the stipulation that if you lose at double or nothing, you will never be allowed to sign a contract with AEW ever. And so Wardlow goes to sign, but he acts like he can't sign with the handcuffs on. And so MGF says, ah, get those handcuffs off this guy. And Spears is trying to talk him out of it. And MGF says, nah, it's fine. So they uh, they take the handcuffs off and he signs a contract. And MGF demands they put the handcuffs back on. And as they're about to do it, he just gets in this guy's face. And the guy balks and... They start to go after him, and Wardlow single-handedly beats up every single one of the uh, security guys. And then it's down to MJF and Sean Spears. Spears tries to hit him with a chair, but Wardlow takes him out. So now Wardlow's about to get his hands on MJF, and he actually grabs him by the pants. But Mark Sterling jumps on his back, so MJF gets out of there. And so Sterling ends up taking the big powerbomb through the table. So it's a great segment. Setting up this pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. MJF was great carrying the whole thing. So a couple of layers to go. Obviously, we're going to get the match. And certainly looks like Wardlow will probably win, too. A uh, video package for Joe and his mystery opponent, the Joker in the tournament. And uh, Sanjay and Lethal alert him that it is not lethal. It is not Satnam Singh. And... Uh, they did not say it was not Sanjay Dutt. I don't yeah, think but Sanjay, Sanjay, Sanjay is not wrestling though. Yeah, I mean maybe he, maybe he. I mean it's possible, I suppose. But but Sanjay's got injuries, so you know he's not going to be an active wrestler. But he can he can do things. We had Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy for the FTW title. This match did not have a lot of heat, but it was a good match. And uh, Jungle Boy is is uh, is making his big comeback, and then. Puts on the snare trap, and Starks gets the ropes and rolls outside, and he goes to get the FTW title. So Swerve runs down, and he's trying to tell the referee about the belt, and the referee's trying to get him out of there. And as he does this, Jungle Boy rolls up Starks, has a visual pin, but there's no ref. Swerve's screaming at the referee to get in the ring. The ref's telling him to get out of here. And so uh, finally the ref gets back in the ring, but of course Starks hits his finish and pins Jungle Boy. And then Christian and Luchasaurus come down to the ring, and Jungle Boy is all devastated. And we have uh, uh, Swerve squaring off with Starks and Hobbs, and then Keith Lee comes down to the ring, and everyone's staring at each other. And meanwhile, Jungle Boy is just—he's draped over these ropes. He's so sad. And uh, everyone ends up leaving the ring except Christian, and they have another moment. Christian takes a look at this guy with his back turned, and then he walks up and gives him a hug. Yeah. So they're on so, their way. So it Still. looks like it looks like the pay per view would be a three way um, with. That's what they Shorts teased. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy defending against both um, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, and also Keith Lee and uh, Swerve Strickland, which is interesting. I mean, that leaves a lot of. I mean, I guess you know you got Young Bucks and uh, um, Hardys. And it leaves, I mean, I don't know where FTR where, where FTR falls in. They seem to be odd men out. Um, I mean, there's a lot of teams they could face, but they don't seem to have a, they don't seem to have an opponent after holding, withholding the, both the Ring of Honor and the AAA tag team titles, unless something happens. But man, they, like, I, I was like charting this thing out, even without matches with, with FTR, like 12 matches deep, so... Um, you know, the one thing is, is that it does look like the uh, there's it's not, the Jericho and Kingston probably will not be a single. It will probably be the entire Jericho Appreciation Society against um, Danielson, Moxley, Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. So that's what it looks like, and I could see that building to a um, you know uh, blood and guts match. Because they're doing good, they're going to do a blood and guts match soon. I didn't know who it would be, but these are two five man teams, so it's possible that that may be the one. I well, I know a few guys would be itching to bleed. Yeah, Jericho appreciates society came out for their victory speech, and Jericho does his promo and he talks about how he's the wizard because he's able to throw fireballs, and uh, he brings up uh, Eddie Kingston, and then he brings up his wife. 
He says, I know you've got to take care of her, but if you're not able to do it, give her my number. And of course, once he says that, it's on. John Moxie's music hits. He comes through the crowd. Jericho says, you got to get out of here. We got the numbers advantage. And then, of course, Danielson's music hits. He comes out with Wheeler, Uta, and Regal. And Jericho says, we still got the man advantage here. And everyone's chanting Eddie's name. And Eddie, Santana, and Ortiz come out of the crowd. They get behind Jericho Appreciation Society. And a huge brawl breaks out. Kingston's got this, this makeup on to look like he's burned. He goes right after Jericho. Jericho ends up escaping. And then Regal grabs him and... Punches him out. I thought for sure it was going to be the power of the punch with the knuckles, but he just punched him out. And uh, the heels bail, and yeah, we got a uh, big multi-person match coming up for this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, the Regal Punch got a big pop. Real big pop. Yeah, and he gave Jericho the uh, look, and that was a great segment. Serena D video package uh, leading to the match with Thunder Rosa. And then we had uh, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. And uh, this match had no heat. This this crowd was very quiet for this match. And uh, they worked hard. It was good. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I, th- I thought Tony Storm, actually both of them, I thought the, both of them wrestled the match very well. Um, it was better match than most of the AEW women's matches. Very solid. Um, probably the best I've seen of Tony Storm in a long time. We had a uh, brawl in the top rope. Hater hit a superplex, and uh, instead of going right into the small package there, uh, instead they got to their feet. Uh, Storm tried another cradle, and then grabbed her, hit her the Storm Zero, and pinned her. So it is Britt Baker versus the Joker, and the winner of that match faces Tony Storm. So next week on Dynamite, Jericho and Regal are having a face-to-face. Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix. Bridge Baker. Be, that should be a hell of a match. Um, and also, um, I think Ray Phoenix wins, but he, Kyle could win just easily. Um, I shouldn't even say I think, because I could really see something where, where the House of Black screws Ray Phoenix in that match. We have uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Ray Phoenix, Owen Hart, Britt Baker. I'm sorry, Britt Baker versus the Joker, obviously. Owen Hart Cup. Uh, Samoa Joe versus the Joker. They're calling it Wild Card Wednesday. Hangman Page versus Takeshita. And uh, Wardlow's getting his 10 lashes. And then Adam Cole faces Jeff Hardy. Um, Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy should be good. Uh, Page and Takeshita should be very good. Very, very good. Yeah. So we had a video package for the Sky and Kazarian match coming up on Rampage. And... Uh, Kazarian's talking about uh, having to face Scorpio, and Sammy and Ty show up, and Sammy says, listen, this Scorpio Sky is a different guy now. You can't trust this guy. And Kazarian says, I'm not taking any advice from you two about trust. And he says, the only guy I need to trust is myself, and I got this, and blows him off. We'll get into these spoilers here in a little while. Then we had uh, Jeff Hardy, Darby Allen. We talked about this earlier, uh, just... My God, the spots these two guys did. And Jeff, you know, Jeff did an interview, and uh, he's talking about how, you know, in the old days, I would do that senton, and and I wouldn't touch the guy because I would just take the entire impact on the mat. But, dude, I'm hurting, so now I just tell him, it ain't going to kill you. And he just crushes everybody with a senton. That's why he crushes all these guys. So that's the kind of shape he's in. And, dude, he's doing sentons off the post onto the side of the steel steps, trying to catch him with that dive off the, like, three rungs up on the top of the ladder. And they did all sorts of crazy stuff in here. And then finally, uh, Darby goes for the coffin drop, and Jeff turns into a crucifix and pins him. And so Jeff Hardy moves on in the tournament, and Darby's devastated, but they do shake hands afterwards. And uh, this match was insane. That's, uh, that's all I can say about it. It was, it was totally nuts. Yeah, yeah. And Darby in an interview, too, talking about how I was not expecting this match tonight. Like, and I thought we would build this thing up for a while, build it up as a big dream match, and all these vignettes we can do, which is crazy stuff. But you know, Tony wanted it tonight, so we did it, and they yeah. did it. And then after uh, Young Bucks, um, O'Reilly, Fish, and Adam Cole all came out to do the big stare down. So um, yeah. 
And then we had NXT 2.0, which was uh, all women's matches. The only match involving men was a mixed tag with women. So it was a very uh, woman-heavy show. It did open with the fallout from last week where uh, Joe Gacy has kidnapped Braun Breaker. And uh, we had multiple kidnappings here on the show. It's getting ridiculous now. It's like yeah. it's like contract signings on SmackDown. Multiple kidnappings here on this program. And, and lame running DQs on Raw. Yes. Ron Breaker, by the way, I mean, he's a champion. No one knows where he's at. This should be, like, a bigger story, I think. No? Yeah, probably. So then we had the uh, first match, which was J.C. Jane, Gigi Dolan versus Roxanne Perez and uh, Wendy Chu, which was a non-title match. And... It was all right. Roxanne and Wendy Chu were good, and, uh, you know, Toxic Attraction, they they held up their end. And finally, at the end, uh, Chu makes this, uh, she's making this big comeback, and Mandy Rose literally gets into the ring and is brawling with Wendy Chu. It is not a disqualification. And it looked ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, the announcers are talking about how stupid it looks. And then Dolan pins Perez because of this distraction. And uh, then Toxic Traction beat up Wendy Chu, and they made fun of her. And, God, the finish of this match was just like, dude, they're rolling inside the ring in front of the referee. No, it's, they, they, I know, I know. Hey, the Creed brothers doing a promo, and uh, they're upset that Roddy inter- uh, interfered in their match last week. I don't know why people interfere in every match on the show, but they tell Roddy there's a rematch next week against the uh, Raiders, and they're going to do this the right way. And then Strong says, we've got a new member here of the Diamond Mine, Damon Kemp. And the Creeds are like, it's supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to vote new members in. And Roddy says, I'm in charge now. So they're uh, they're already teasing that the Creeds are going to break away from the Diamond Mine. Or just split up somehow, you know, just, Yeah. Had a uh, Joe Gacy promo with his druids, and uh, I don't know what the point of this is. They're just continuing this feud. That's it. No, he, they've got they've got uh, he's got he's got now druids as his backup instead of Harland. Yeah, we had an Ivy Nile challenge where she just does a bunch of calisthenics in the performance center, and uh, all the men are trying to keep up and they can't. And she is the last person standing by the end of the show. We had Fallon Henley and Sloan Jacobs, women's breakout tournament match. I think they got like maybe three minutes. And uh, it was rough. Henley hit a knee and uh, won. Yes, Shining Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. That that looked good. That that, that looked good. And Brooks and Jensen out there. So they're they're like trying to push this Brooks Jensen like. He's got the broken arm, but he's got the the most highly developed forearms. He's the he's a he's a baby face virgin. He had a virgin virginity rocks shirt was what he was wearing. Yeah, at ringside. We'll see how that one goes. Santos Escobar backstage with Legato, and uh, so last week they kidnapped AJ Galante. And uh, and essentially, they they claim that he will probably never walk again. So, like on national television, they've they've mutilated this guy. Then we have uh, commercial break. Come back and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, they end up attacking uh, Del Toro, and they beat him up and they throw him in the trunk and they zoom off. So we have another kidnapping here. Alba Fire versus Amari Miller. They got uh, they got two minutes, and uh, Alba Fire won. So that was it. Mm, yeah, just nothing to any of these matches. No, no. So then we had. Uh, I just lost all my notes right here. What came next? Is, is that the mixed tag? Uh, here we go. Soul Skull comes out to do a promo, and uh, he's not a very good promo, but the people are into him. And essentially, Cameron well, they're Grimes... They're chanting Uso, Uso at him, yep. which, which is... And he kind of got nervous on his promo. And, yes. And kind of... not a great he promo. Didn't, he didn't really lose it, but you could see he was nervous. 
So uh, Carmelo Hayes and uh, Cameron Grimes end up coming out. And long story short, there is a uh, Peacock special, I believe, on June 4th, NXT. And it's Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is valid. One of the the things, so this is a weird one. So so, um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are arriving late, and Solo Sokoa somehow locks the door so they can't get in. But they still got in. Yes. So uh, they got in, and uh, they've announced that Grimes will be facing... uh, Hayes. Hayes. And then if he wins, he has vowed to give the next shot to Solo Sokoa. So that's the... uh, that's the booking. So the deal was that that um, Hayes and Trick Williams beat up Grimes after Sokoa left, and Sokoa kind of paused, looking around, and then eventually ran in to save uh, Grimes from the two-on-one. So then we had uh, Escobar and D'Angelo. They had a little mini movie, which, like production-wise, was was very very well done. And uh, the story is they've each killed a member of the other's team, and now they're going to settle it in the ring next week with a wrestling match. It's going to settle this problem. Mm. So that's next week. We had another Nathan Frazier interview, this poor guy. Oh, my God. So uh, his character's a geek, and Wesley shows up, and then Zion Quinn shows up, and he's, he's upset at Nathan Frazier. And so, you know, Wes Lee sticks up for him. And so apparently we're getting uh, Zion Quinn versus Wes Lee next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may be getting Wes Lee and Nathan Frazier as the new MSK. Which actually would be a good pairing. Yeah, they'll be a good team, yeah, if they put them together. And they may. And it makes actually would make sense to do so. Um, because it, it would give Frazier a good shot in that, that kind of a role he would. You know, in the tag team, the the size thing wouldn't work much against them. But they, uh, they yes. So Zion Quinn was out there first, and he said something about uh, you know do it the right way or something. And and Frazier asked him what he means by that, and Quinn thought he was being a smart ass, but he was saying, "Oh, I just wanted to know." And then uh, this know. Zion Quinn character is like he's an idiot and a jerk. Like that's his character. Well, he's a, he's a heel now. Yeah. For whatever reason. There, uh, there's no reason. He just, one day he was just acting like a jerk, and then that's his new character. Yeah. Well, Adam Page did the same thing. It's Ryan Andre Chase versus Tiffany Stratton and Grayson Waller. And uh, this, the crowd was super into this match. And uh, they did the deal where Sarai goes through the entrance to transform into her gear. But as she does this, Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward also transform. And Bodie's dressed as a cheerleader. And man, this dude is out there, and he's just living it up as a cheerleader. And the fans are going crazy for the match. And uh, and Sarai pins Tiffany Stratton, who's had like five matches in her entire career. And they call this a huge upset. Well, because Sarai squashed her before, so that's why. You mean uh, Stratton squashed her? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stratton squashed yes. Sarai the, when they wrestled a couple, you know, whatever it was about a month ago or so. Yes. Yeah, so that's why they would call it an upset. But um, they had done a thing earlier where Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton went shopping together, which was, I mean, Grayson Waller did make it kind of entertaining. I think they're a good couple. And God knows we need more couples on this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they are pretty entertaining together, you know, in that that vignette, yeah. So Ikamanjiro's back, and uh, he attacks Von Wagner, and uh, I guess we're so. Gonna, I guess we're going to get a rematch. Yeah, don't think it's going to go well for old Ikamanjiro. No, no. We had Toxic Attraction making fun of Indy Hartwell for something that no one's allowed to mention. Although they did mention that uh, her man had left her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, Mandy they, says, they gave "My you, man's gave... never left me ever. I leave men." Yeah, they made fun of her for being a loser. Yeah, yeah, they they did basically tell the story that the guy left her. So at least there's an explanation now. Um, and she was all sad because they were just mean girls making fun of her. Yeah. Then we had Nikita Lyons and Ariana Grace in the breakout tournament. And uh, they got about three minutes, and it was not good. And uh, Lyons pinned her with her split 
And she will move on to face Fallon Henley in the semifinals of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Viking Raiders. Not, not, not looking forward to that one. Uh, this tournament has not been uh, very promising thus far. No. Viking Raiders did a promo about the Creed Brothers. And then we had the main event, which was Natty and Cora Jade, which uh, was built up a few weeks ago when Natty showed up and did a babyface promo, and Cora Jade loved her and fawned all over her. And then Natty turned heel on her and beat her up and uh, vowed to take out everybody in the locker room. I think had one match, maybe two. And then out of nowhere, they announced this match for today. And then they uh, they just did the match, and Natty beat her with a sharpshooter and then turned babyface again and hugged her, and that was it. So I presume, I presume that something must be happening SmackDown this week, and they've decided that this is it for Natty and NXT. We just got to end this thing immediately and, and move on to something else because this was very abrupt. Match was good, and the fans were into it, but, uh, I mean, they didn't announce this last week or anything. Yeah. It's like they, 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 it seemed like this was going to be a long-term, like maybe even the June pay-per-view, but they just did it, and it's done. So there you go. Yeah. All right, uh, take us through these Rampage spoilers. Okay, so um, what do we got here? Yeah. Uh, Jericho said that Long Island is banned from seeing Judas. So um, I guess... They didn't have time to do it again anyway. Uh, Death Triangle beat Butcher Blade and Mark Quinn. Said it was an uh, excellent match. Pac used the, the black arrow on um, Mark Quinn. The lights went out. Uh, House of Black was out. And, uh, you know, that's what happened there. Um, hold on just a second. Uh Ruby Soho beat Riho uh, with a spinning reverse STO, um, basically Blade Runner. Um, and the crowd was not into the match until the end, and they kind of got the crowd into it at the end. Um, and uh, both worked very hard, so I was told very good match. Sean Spears beat Bear Boulder, the big one of the, the Bear dudes. Um, he got a few moves in. Spears used the C4, beat him, and, of course, uh, hit him with some chair shots after the match. Uh, then we had uh, Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, and Red Velvet uh, doing a promo with Tony Schiavone. Um, they mentioned that Hikaru Shida is out of the tournament due to injuries in the street fight, although she's been wrestling. um, She's been wrestling in Japan, so I presume she must have gotten hurt in Japan because they had built her for the tournament. And Chris Statlander will be taking her place um, next week. And uh, then uh, main event, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky... Um, Scorpio Sky wins the match and um, Dan Lambert comes out, distracts the referee Ethan Page hits Kazarian with the belt shot and uh, Kazarian actually kicked out, but Scorpio Sky did win the match later and see what do we have I think there was something afterwards where um, uh, okay so Scorpio won with a TKO um, Sammy and Ty Conte were at ringside uh, the fans were really into booing them and uh, Frankie Kazarian at one point did have the sleeper on Scorpio Sky when Dan Lambert came out and distracted the referee and Ethan Page hit that's when Ethan Page hit Kazarian with the belt shot and um, after the match Scorpio Sky looked like he was mad at uh, Lambert and Page and Frankie Kazarian pointed out that Page interfered in the match and then Page reminded Scorpio that he cheated to help the team and asked Scorpio what team is he on Scorpio teased turning on them but in fact turned on Kazarian and hit his buddy with a belt shot, and then um, 
Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte made the save for Kazarian. And um, Dan Lambert got on the mic and ripped on Ty Conte, calling her a whore. And uh, the crowd was more into booing Tammy, uh, uh, Conte and Sammy Guevara uh, than the match itself. But uh, good wrestling in the match. I'm utterly baffled. i got to watch all of this because, like... Last week, they announced that the match wasn't taking place at the pay-per-view after all. And then it was yeah, like, yeah. No, Scorpio no, Sky no, 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 was so much over as a babyface and then a heel. Now they've turned him back heel again. And then oh. the match apparently is back on. And, like, Lambert's team are on heels. But every, there's well, no, I don't know. There's no, no, no Page Van Zandt. It's Ethan Page. It's Ethan Page. What's the pay-per-view match? The, the pay-per-view match was going to be Ethan Page and Page Van Zandt against... Uh, Conti yes. and Sammy. Yes, but they said that match is off, and and um, you know Paige Van Zant wasn't there. Um, I don't think. Um, no, she wasn't there. So um, if the pay per view match was on, you would think that she would be there, and and that her and Ty would be fighting again. Well, I mean, we still have several more weeks until the pay per view. So, yep. I don't know. Maybe they just feel that Paige isn't ready for that. I mean, they got they got a tremendous reaction when they. You know um, Van Zandt and, and Ty Conti, so it's not like the people don't want to see it, but they may just think that, you know, I mean she's never had a match, and you're talking about AEW, which is pretty high standard of wrestling. Um, you don't want to have her go out and uh, you know go out there and have clumsy, clumsy match. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up here for today. The New Observer will be out on Friday. we got a bunch of shows up on the front page, so uh, check those out. And uh, that's it. We'll talk to you again after a while.